Well, it was a, a fun and eventful night for DC United fans. Uh, a Lucho return, four goals, two conceded late, uh, but a win nonetheless. I'm Joshua here with Michael. This is Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast. Thanks for joining us uh, here Sunday morning or later if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, Black, how are we feeling? Feeling good? I'm feeling great. You know, it, it's it's nice to come into a game like last night where I think all of us had high expectations and the team, for the most part, met them. You know, anytime you get a four-world performance, you should win. And DC United did. And at this point in the year, you've got eight games left. DC United is right there in the thick of the playoff push. That's a good place to be. Uh, I had a great time last night. How about you, Joshua? Oh yeah, we we had a, we had a, too much of a good time last night. I ended up uh, at at all purpose, of course, the kind of the new after stadium spot, and then we did did our, our you know our walk over to trustees to to cherish the old memories as well. And yeah, I I think this was one of those games where. Uh, it's kind of weird for me, the, you know, the past 10 years, I've never walked into a DC United game and really known that we we're going to put our foot down on the gas and we we're going to dominate. And it's starting to feel like we can do that, right? Because coming in this Cincinnati game, I it, it was a must win for this team, I think, with the playoff push that you mentioned and, and all that. But I felt confident that, that they were going to get it done. And, and they came out and they dictated play. They got goals early and, and often, thankfully. And, and yeah, it, it was... It's it's this new sensation for me of going to DC United games, expecting a win, and then getting one. It's, it says a lot about how far we've come. Yeah, you know, if you're a, a neutral observer, which obviously neither of us are watching the game, you might have turned it off at halftime because DC United had three goals by the half. Cincinnati hadn't really shown any inclination to score. Uh, the game was basically in hand. And as a thoroughly partisan DC fan, that's what you want to see when you're playing a bad team. It's, uh, I think the last time that I remember feeling this kind of confidence was during that run back in 2018, I guess, with when Wayne came in and DC United started just rattling off wins, had a lot of home games in the back end. But even then, you went into games feeling hopeful, but for this one, you definitely felt that there was no way that the black and red were going to come out with less than three points. Yeah, and they made it really clear. Paul Ariola scores in the seventh minute. That the blonde Paul Ariola, I've, I've, he's a different person now. Whenever his hair goes back, he'll just be regular Paul Ariola. But he is—he's most definitely blonde Paul Ariola right now. So seventh minute, uh, I don't even remember this goal, which was also a new sensation for DC United fans. There's so many goals we can't keep track of. Do you remember this one? Can you give us a yeah, look? So I did go back and watch the replay this morning to refresh it. It was a aggressive corner kick that he played in and then came right back out to him. Uh-huh. He you know, came in uh, cutting after the ball and played it across. It just found its way straight through. No defenders touched it, and Paul was running on to finish it. And it was one of those chances that I think Lasada has been talking about all season of, hey, put the ball in the right spot, creating chances, you know, eventually players will get there. Uh, and the number – Frankly, this ball was so close that it might have been able to get into the back corner had it not been helped by Paul. But uh, no shame on Paul for putting that in because yeah. uh, you need the goal, especially early. Uh, you know, th- this is kick childhood cancer month. So you know, the goals were all yellow. The smoke was yellow. 
I don't know if Paul's hair being yellow <laughs> has a tie into that, uh, but it was really a great way to get things started, and really they kept the foot on the gas from there. Yeah, that's probably the only reason to justify the yellow hair. Like, it, so yeah, we'll have to get an official statement from Paul there, but. But yeah, I, so I do remember this one now. It, it was one of these trick pl- trick corners that, that DC United has been doing where I think, yeah, Gressel plays at the Flores. Flores does a little flick back to back to Gressel. And yeah, it, it looked really good. And, and, and they've been coming off. And it's definitely something they've been working on. And, and the chance, yeah, like you said, those are the chances we've been somehow missing. Uh, Sam, Sam tweeted at me or, or messaged me and said, you know, of course we're making those now that Reyna's not there to completely whip, which is a little tough. But you know, uh, he did get on in the second half and he didn't look bad. Um, but yeah, so seventh minute goal from Paul Ariola looked really good, and then the chance you and I, and this was my, probably my biggest memory of the night. You and I sitting is is a free kick, I believe, for for Gressel uh, in the twenty first minute. And you and I are like, well, these are one of those chances where Gressel's going to put it on someone's head and they're going to miss terribly. I, I think those are the exact words we said to each other. And, and the almost came through, but, but you know, Birnbaum is back in the lineup and scoring his pr- probably first goal of the year now. Um, Birnbaum does not miss those headers in the box. So so it, it happened just like that. Free kick, Gressel puts it, the ball on Birnbaum's head. He was probably had four yards from any defender or offensive player and, and just absolutely buries it. It was, it was a good sight to see. I miss Birnbaum. He, I, I think his defending was great last night, but the goal added to go up to nothing in, in, in 21 minutes was outstanding. Yeah. It was one of those opportunities that you look at and say, you know, if you really crack it, that the free kick taker could you know do something special with it, but it was still a little bit far out. Uh, and yeah, you're right. We were talking in the stadium, like, Hey, this is the kind of ball that, you know, Gressel is going to put into the mix and it's going to land on someone's head. And it's a tougher ball to play than say across from a corner because he was almost straight on to the goal. So being able to lift it up and be able to gauge the distance that he's putting onto it to have see Birnbaum run on and finish it. I think that was actually his first goal since I believe either May or March of 2019. So it's been a minute and I can't tell you how happy I am to now see a goal from Birnbaum. It's fantastic. But there have been times, and especially in the last five years, where Steve Birnbaum going up as an extra forward late in the game has been perhaps our best attacking threat. And it was more of an afterthought yesterday that you had a you know tall defender who was good in the air uh, finishing. And you really got a, a immense lift in the spirit of the crowd when uh, – Birnbaum put that in. There's a reason that you know he's a crowd favorite. He's been here for he was drafted in what 2012. He's been with the team for a long time. You know, has been a captain of the team. To have him step up and put the ball in the back of the net. Two zero is a tough lead because you know it's so early. The most dangerous, some people say. (laughs) It's a cliche for sure, but it was uh, so exciting to see him put that ball in the back of the net. Yeah, and DC United didn't leave it two nothing for long in the forty first minute. Paul Ariola, I think he just finds the box or ball again outside the box or around the box, and it reminded me of again the Chicago game where he, I think the Chicago game where he just absolutely just bruised the bar with a curler, uh, but this time he he didn't try to curl it in. He kind of smashed it low and hard, and, and it goes in. DC United are up three nothing. 
and we were feeling pretty good. And that's, again, this is all kind of like new sensations. Yeah, we, we, we thankfully don't have to worry about burn bomb going up in the, in the latter half of the game, especially when you're when you're pressing and, and you're trying to go score goals and you're up 3 nothing at the half. It, it felt really good. I was confident. Um, and, and the rest of the game kind of gets a little dicey. So uh, any thoughts on, on Paul's second goal, his, his brace for the night? You know, it was one of those opportunities where you can see the player's eyes get wide because he knows that if he executes, he's going to put that ball uh, straight past the keeper. And he left no doubt. Uh, again, uh, the ball came across. And you, I do have to mention that Cincinnati's defending was poor throughout the first half. Again, each of these situations we're talking about, uh, a ball that came straight through on the initial goal, uh, letting a guy run him. And we probably had two or three guys running in behind on a corner or on the, uh, the Gressel free kick. Yeah. And then again, to leave Paul that wide open uh, with basically half a goal to uh, he doesn't need that much space to make it happen. But again, all the power to those guys for executing, making it happen. Uh, it was right. You know, at, at halftime, the game is basically over and Cincinnati hadn't shown really any major opportunities that I can think of in that first half. There may have been one uh, big bill save uh, and he did a couple more in the second half, but uh, other than that, it was, it was pretty smooth sailing. Yeah. And and that's kind of, I don't know. There, there was a lot of talk, at least in the, in the section uh, with about the, the changes that we made at half. uh, Cause we come back from half with three subs. I'm I'm trying to pull those up right now, but yeah, uh, the the three subs were uh, Nahar coming off, uh, Ariel coming off, and Canals coming off, and you brought on, uh, I think it was Reina for Paul, you had Felipe coming for Canals, then you had Briant for Nahar. So three guys who have had some injury issues, had a little bit of some durability concerns, and you pull them off when you pretty much have the game in the bag at 3-0. We've given away 3 leads before, but uh, for me, I don't have a problem making the, the triple sub there. You know, the team looked fairly solid. Uh, it is what it is when you've got a midweek game coming up and then you know, the international break, but it, it seemed to make sense to me. What did you think, Joshua? Uh, it, it made sense and it was logical and, and we should have had the game wrapped up uh, from there. So, so I'm not mad at it. Uh, the play in the second half was just, uh, it was noticeably down from, from the first half. And, and obviously uh, I, I was thinking about it last night. You guys got to see the 7-1 spectacle that was the Toronto home game. But uh, I thought we were on course for that or, or we had the potential to go for that. And, and there were definitely chances that DC United could have taken better to, to lead to that. Um, it, it, it ends up 4-2 and we let them back. We let oh, we let Lucho do his thing a little bit more. Uh, and, and so that was a bit of a let off. But yeah, like you said, for, for all the reasons, the, the upcoming games uh, with the you know, players leaving, going going in and out, it, it made sense. But it was uh, it, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of sad to see in the stands because we could have really pushed and put them out. And, and there's a there's a talk about goal differential now, which uh, we talked about the playoff push. It, it's a factor. So. So a plus four on the night would have been really good. A plus two is not terrible, but uh, I don't know. Hopefully we're not ruining, you know, pulling half our guys off and letting Cincy come back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we're in a situation with goal difference right now. I think we're plus seven uh, on the year, which is 
pretty far up there, you know, the top of four. So, so we're in a in good shape there. But you're right when you've got opportunities to really throttle a team. Like nobody wants you to go out there and no, I'm pretty bad. Everybody wants you to go out and run up the score. You, these guys are professionals. So you don't need to worry about egos. If you've got opportunities to score, you can make it happen. Now, again, I have no problem with the team dialing it back a little bit in the second half. However, you give up the two late goals. You got kind of lucky to have uh, our fourth goal count. Uh, you know, watching it live, I think everyone was kind of, you know, looking at it and saying, hey, you know, is this, is he onside, is he offside? The, the mechanic worked. The, uh, you know, the referee left his flag down, let the play play out. Roberto puts it in the back of the net. And then, you know, flag goes up. They go back and review it. Turns out he's clearly onside when the ball is played. And we get a fourth goal. But if you don't have that fourth goal, and Cincinnati scores those two goals, I think it was the late 70s and the early 80s minutes, you've got, you're sweating it out for that last 10 minutes for a game that you should have had fairly well in hand. So it, it was, uh, it's a challenging circumstance uh, that you kind of put yourself in when you don't have your uh, your top guys out there. Yeah, I, it's it's. I think that's that's all that's all true. And yeah, I was I was even sweating at at four two. It really felt like, man, yeah. If we didn't have that that the fourth one, which yeah, we we weren't even expecting to get, it, it would have been a, a tough there. And and I've mentioned it a couple times. Um, Lucho's existence in this game <laughs> John will love that wording uh, we unfortunately do not have the presser so this would normally be when we jump to the presser we'll, we'll add it to the end of the podcast uh, we just got a bad link from, from the DC United Comms department and and all that it's a, it's, a, it's a trudge sometimes to get that out for you guys but we will have it attached to the end of the podcast but I want to kind of transition in, in, into a, a lot of people had feelings last night uh, as far as, as as Lucho coming back. He, you know, Wayne, Wayne probably cast a bigger shadow, but but Lucho's is is his shadow. You know, ironically, it, it looms pretty large over DC United. He, he carried us as far as a creative, uh, a dynamic player for a large a large part of the recent history. And so I thought about wearing the Lucho jersey out. That that didn't feel right, and it and it definitely didn't feel right uh, once he scored on us. It was, and seeing him out there in, in, in the wrong color, I'm glad I glad I stuck with my Pines jersey. But talking about Lucho, do we miss him? Are we? Are obviously we're we're back. We're we're in a better place, right? It's it's kind of the the old adage of ex girlfriends or ex boyfriends, whatnot. We feel like we're in a better place, but seeing them kind of hurts. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think there were, you heard the whole spectrum of, of things from the folks in the stands uh, going into this game. And I know several people who you know took advantage of the opportunity to, to place a prop bet on Lucho scoring and DC United still winning, uh, which, again, smart money if you, uh, you had it yesterday. Yeah. Uh, you're right. It's a tough situation when you've got a player who, was such an integral part of our team coming back and playing in the opposite in the opposing colors. Uh, you know, obviously things did not end terribly well with Lucho. We don't need to rehash the whole saga, but you know, he was not the same player his last year here uh, after the move to PSG fell through. And you know, it's hard to hold too much against him because that is a dream move for any player, but we didn't have no idea on how realistic it actually was. And, all the other elements go into it. There's a reason they call it the silly season. Uh, but then, you know, you go through that year, a lot of people thought that 
you didn't have the same level of effort from Lucho that you would have expected and what you got in previous years from him. You know, he's clearly one of the most talented players on the field, you know, even being a bit undersized. He's got, uh, he's not even super fast, but the way that he moves with the ball, the way that he sees things that other players don't and the way he creates, he's an excellent player and a guy that you love to watch. And I think we all enjoy seeing him play well when he's not playing against DC United. And I know this, you are still going to be upset about the way that things finish off for him, but you think back to the good memories, you know, especially that those magic years with uh, him and Wayne, uh, Luchiru linking up, they did some things that we haven't seen even, you know, in a year like this where, you know, things are trending up. I'm for one would wonder what, this team would look like having Lucho playing a 10 and playing in this system with Lozada. It's not going to happen. It's, yeah, that's a pipe dream, but I mean, would you take Lucho over Flores right now? Yeah, it's tough. There there were certainly a lot of jeers, uh, people talking about you could be playing with Messi or whatever and teasing, teasing Lucho and, and I guess there's a reality where that happens, but the, the, the current reality is that Lucho plays for another team. And yeah, he, he's, he's just a very special player, very dynamic. Uh, he, he does score in the night that, that prop bet, uh, comes true. Uh, a lot of people were clamoring for it to be an own goal. I don't know if that was out of spite or, or whatnot, but, uh, yeah, it was weird seeing Lucho out there. And I, and I think, no one in the stands would say, no, I don't want him on the team, right? Uh, and seeing Flores wear the 10 shirt uh, that Lucho once wore is kind of tough because Flores hasn't been that dynamic special player for us yet. And there's there's glimpses sometimes that he could be special and dynamic and, and create things on the field, but we haven't really seen it. And so... It, I mean, if there's a a world where we could trade and, and probably even pay the same amount of money for both, I, I think Lucho's the better player. We'd be dumb not to take that deal. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's happening. And so that's tough. I, I wish Flores would play better, and, and we could say no. We're happy where we're at now. But if we're being honest, I think Acosta just brings so much more to the team than Flores has brought to DC United so far. Yeah, and you know, with the way things ended, our understanding is that DC United was doing their best to try to extend Lucho all the way up in, until the end. You know, it he did not want to resign another contract. You know, the I don't know if it was sour taste from the way that the transfer negotiations broke down, or you know, other issues with within the team. For whatever reason, you know, he was leaving at the end of that season, and. Uh, all indications are that he was not eager to make a return to DC despite having great runs there. So we can talk about the hypotheticals uh, all we want, but unfortunately that's, that's the reality we live in that, you know, we're gonna have to watch Lucho on a different team. And, you know, another element I'd, I'd kind of like to get into a little bit, Cincinnati has a very expensive roster. We've heard Lasada talk about you know, teams that have invested to be champions and how the level of investment from DC United isn't the same. DC United still doesn't have three DP slots. You know, we can get into that on another show about how we would use that that third slot. Uh, but Cincinnati spent a lot of money in the offseason, bringing in guys like Lucho, bringing in guys like Brenner, and they're still bad. <laughs> yes, as we saw last night, you know, they were not 
particularly in the game. I guess those two late goals were a bit of consolation for Cincinnati fans, but you know, they're a team that has spent a lot of money. And again, a player like Lucho that both you and I would agree we'd love to have on our roster, love to bring him in, but they haven't figured out how to make it work there. So I think there, there's a lot of credit to be given to what Lasada has been able to accomplish this season with players who do not have the same kind of money value attached to them that we're getting results. And Cincinnati is still a, a struggling franchise. We have never lost to Cincinnati. Now we've had games that felt like losses, to Cincinnati, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but we've never lost to them. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. We we've had fans or, or, or people on Twitter or Reddit or whatever clamoring for, for DC United to spend more talking about how it's, it's a, riff that we we don't go out and buy these big players but obviously yeah i I think there's credit to be given out here you can go and spend that money but if the foundation's not right if you know you don't have the right coach or gm you end up with a hodgepodge of of random transfers that don't get it done on the field i mean fc cincinnati have a a seven-figure striker DC United fans want a six-figure striker (laughs) like we're not even not even that close uh and think we're we're all thankful for Ola this year. There there are some gripes about how he performs, but he's he's at least scoring goals more so than more so than anyone in FC Cincinnati can say. And so I I think there is a lot to be cre- we're in the uh, league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of credit to be given for yeah, not just Lasada and, and how the team's playing, but the roster is competent. FC Cincinnati has good pieces. Uh, Vasquez was great for Toronto, left and and they come and scooped him back up lucha was great for us at times and he left and he scooped him so those are good pieces but the the rest of the team is not not set up for success and so i think we have to step back and be thankful a little bit for for the the way and and i'm never one to give casper (laughs) plaudits but it deserves credit because this team is young and has some sort of depth and can defend well and are now executing Lasada's system really well uh, so, so yeah, I, I think there's a, a bunch of credit to be given there for, for how DC United's roster has been built and, and how they execute on that roster build and, and, and the tactic that they choose, especially when, when comparing what, what it could be when we, you know, we, we, we didn't used to beat Cincinnati all the time. Never, never lost, like you said, but we, we definitely have not won against them before. And, and those were tough. Yeah, you know, we went into the, the game earlier this season, the beginning of August into July, expecting to go in and beat Cincinnati as well. And you ended up with a 0-0 draw where two guys got sent off for us, and you know, it, it was really a disappointing result. It seems like every show we talk about a game that we don't want to talk about in a couple of years ago where you should have beaten Cincinnati and you failed to, and it doesn't set you up for success. Uh, so, again, it, it is such a pleasant feeling to go into playing a bad team expecting to win winning we come out as far as we know every all the players are still healthy uh you know some guys got it going you know obviously two goals from paul i think that puts him up to his fifth goal in the season probably second highest scoring player on the team yeah i think so. I mean, you're getting a goal from Burnbaum. uh roberto showing that you can you know still create coming off the bench you know you've got a lot of positive things moving forward and this next stretch of games is obviously so critical for seeding and for trying to make the playoffs. And you're playing a lot of good teams. You, know, you have a Minnesota team on Wednesday and then you know, Orlando, Nashville, you know, a lot of teams that are in that playoff picture. 
games that loom large. So I'm happy to see that, you know, the guys are starting to peak at the right time and ready to go through the next couple of weeks. Yeah, the, it's going to be tough down here in the stretch. Uh, we we play, like you said, we play some good teams. Uh, the results, thankfully, though, went our way last night. It, Montreal dropped some points. Uh, Atlanta and Columbus did what we needed them to do. And so DC United now find themselves back in the playoff hunt after a, a brief stint, a very brief stint outside outside looking in. But now we're back in six, and, and it doesn't feel like a home playoff is that far away. I mean, we're we're on... What thirty-seven and Philly are in thirty-eight with uh, as far as points, and Philly are are occupying that fourth spot right now. The team in between us, Orlando, we we get to come up and, and play. So th- there's a there's going to be a lot of moving parts. It, I I'm not even sure that this will be you know, th- that will be our last time from looking on from the outside. It, it could be a big shuffle all the way through. It, it's going to be tough, and I'm excited for it. Uh, yeah, it's the time of the year where where you're not just watching your game; you're you're watching all the games. Uh, how do you feel about the the playoff push and, and where we're at right now, Black? I'm excited. You know, we've tried to temper expectations all the way along uh, to varying degrees, and you can't start looking at the table too early, especially you know the way the schedules work. And you know, we, we played Miami twice in a month. Uh, back-to-back, and then you don't play other teams until the back end of the season. It's hard to really get a full picture of where teams are at. But here we are with eight games left. DC United is three points out of hosting a home playoff game, and we're also one point out of being out of the playoffs entirely. So the Eastern Conference is very tight in the middle. Uh, New England has run away with it at the top. You know, they're doing incredible things there. But even the times we played New England, you felt like you could have gotten a, a better result than you did. You know, I was looking at the table a little bit. This is a DC United team that wins or loses. We very rarely yeah. get draws. And that's you know, part of the Lasada system is that they're not really set up to just grind out a you know, hard-fought 0-0 draw like we've seen in the past. It's a team that wants to go out and win. It's, it's fun to watch. And it's fun to watch them be in a position where if they continue to execute over this next month, they're going to be in the playoffs. And once you get in the playoffs, who, who knows? You know, it, it's a you know a different format uh, from a couple of years ago where you used to have you know two legs. Like each of the playoff rounds is, is one game, and we've shown that you can come alive and make it happen in one game. Uh, I would like to see the team you know keep up that that mental strength that they've talked about themselves, trying to cut out silly errors. Like said, you shouldn't give up two late goals to a team as bad as Cincinnati, no matter who is on the field. And, and it was not a problem of personnel. It was very much, it seemed like the guys weren't quite getting it quite as much because they knew that they had things safely in hand. And if you make mental errors like that in a game that's closer, you know, in a game against a Orlando or a Nashville or a team that had, has the ability to punish you for it, you're going to drop points where you probably shouldn't. So I'd like them to clean that up. I'm sure that Lasada had words for the team on, on that afterwards. You, you know that Bill had words for losing his clean sheet uh, for the defenders and letting both those opportunities happen. But if they can clean that up, you know, they've shown that they can score goals. They can show that they can execute when they need to. It could be a very t- dangerous team, can playoff team. Yeah, and that's – yeah, they, they could be one of the dark horses going in. And I think – 
I think you, what you said is true. Don't look at the table too soon. That's that's kind of why I was like, we might be on the outside. You, you said we're one point away from being out, so, but so so keep an eye on. Don't don't start booking trips or or anything. Uh, we we might shuffle around there, but uh, I really want I I really want you talked about mentality there. I really want DC United to to go for this. It, it seems like the mentality uh, with a little bit of let off last night, the the let off from everyone in Atlanta was tough. And, and this is at the time of year when we need to be executing, firing on all cylinders. And, and it didn't seem that the, the Atlanta one, I think was, was a lineup thing. We, we didn't put our best foot front or best foot forward there. Uh, and, and it showed when Atlanta literally just dribbled through and scored the game winning goal. Uh, tonight we, we put on probably some of the same guys that, that made those mistakes and, and was a little bit of let off against Cincinnati we can't keep doing that. The The mentality has to be there that, that every minute on the field right now is, is a playoff game because that's how tight the East is. And, and I know that's probably tough for a team to, you know, there's, there's what eight, nine, 10 games left in the season to, to go out there and, and execute at that high of a level for, but, but you kind of have to at this point, because if, if we don't, we're going to be on the outside for good. Uh, so I, I think there is a, a big issue with, with the mentality and and we really really need to go for these games. Yeah, you're you're, you're spot on, and you know especially with this coming stretch of games with teams that are thoroughly in that playoff push, I think it's actually a, somewhat of a blessing to have those games in quick succession. So you're really going to have a chance to measure yourself and make things happen. On the flip side, if you come out and aren't ready to play, aren't executing, you could find yourself you know buried and out of the, the hunt even though you've got a couple of easy games down the stretch, like we'll finish with Toronto who apparently has already mailed it in. I think we ended their season back in, back in July. Uh, <laughs> but you don't want to have too many uh, games like the, the Cincinnati's of the world uh, getting you overinflated to, to what you are. And maybe it'll turn out that it was a, a blessing in disguise to give up those two goals, uh, make sure that bring the guys back down to earth, mm. understanding that, They've still got a lot of work to do. You know, eight games is what the quarter of the season, and so you still got uh, you've got a long way until you're home. But uh, good to be in the position you're in right now. Yeah, it's it's good, and we have a bunch of games coming up, like you said, in quick succession. And, and I want to hint on those a little bit, but I want to give our man of the match before we drift too far away from this game. DC United did win, uh, so we can celebrate that. Uh, we certainly did last night. Uh, but let's celebrate the uh, an individual player, the man of the match. I think DC United gave theirs to Julian Gressel, which was surprising for me because normally they follow, you know, it's kind of a joke here on the show that the, Sam never gives her man of the match to the, to the goal scorer, uh, but DC United almost always does. So I was expecting Paul to, to walk around with that scu- uh, the, the cleat sculpture. It's, it's a pretty cool thing. But no, uh, DC United give it to Julian Gressel, who probably – should have a few more of those in his cabinet by now, but uh, it was good to see them give that to him. And I'm kind of on the fence. I, I think Paul's goals were good. They were probably kind of easy. Uh, I would tend to give it to him because I think the, the brace should be recognized. But uh, Julian made, I think both of them happen. Uh, he was everywhere tonight creating, uh, just like he's been doing all season. So I maybe... Maybe he wasn't the greatest wrestle tonight, but he, he's been a, a consistent performer at the top level all year. And tonight, he finally got some assist for it. 
Uh, so my man of the match, Julian Gressel, same as the team. Black? Yeah, you know, I think it's a solid shout. I think you, you can't take too much away from the goals looking easy for Paul because a lot of that is a player of his quality making it look easy, you know, doing the runs to get a position to, to finish. I, I would have no problem if somebody gave their man of the match to Paul for this. Uh, but for me, I... I have a hard time arguing with the, the logic on, on Gressel, uh, you know, assisting on the bird bomb uh, goal, creating on, on the corner as well, and really, you know, creating chances throughout the game. Uh, to an extent, it may be that uh, we're, we're recognizing him for all of the opportunities where it, it didn't quite come off, but he was still uh, creating key passes, creating, making things happen. Uh, but I think I have no problem with uh giving him the cleat designed by a local artist. I think it's probably easier to store than the, the guitars they were doing a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think anyone had a particularly bad performance uh, from the team. Like it's hard to complain too much on a, a, a four zero lead uh, that then goes away a bit. Uh, but for me, you know, Gressel with his uh, outstanding performance, my man in the match. Yeah, and I probably shouldn't go on and speculate what John and Sam would have picked, but I feel at least one of them would have picked Birnbaum for his header uh, just to be different than us. And then the the other, I mean, Kevin Paredes played, so Sam probably would have given it to him. Uh, <laughs> not, not my man of the match. You know, Kevin you know, still continues to contribute with love seeing you know, his development, uh, but he didn't have to do a whole lot tonight, and I think it was fine. I don't think he even uh, earned a foul. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, what is he? What did he? What did he even do if he didn't dive in the box at least once? Uh, <laughs> we'll hear about him saying afterwards. Uh, it, it was a stark comparison once he got subbed off. I will say that Griffin Yao less adept at the left wing back. So so maybe we are you know taking taking Paredes for maybe Sam's onto something. We're, we're taking Paredes for granted there. But yeah, Gressel I think head and shoulders above everyone for a solid amount of the year. Uh, Great performance from him, and, and like you said, no one, no one really did too poorly. Uh, you mentioned it a, a couple times, but DC United are our, our home Wednesday. We're, we're going quick and fast. This is, I think, our only other Western Conference game potentially. Uh, so Wednesday, we're we're hosting Minnesota. They're they're a decent team. Uh, these all these points matter, especially I mean, maybe less so with with the Western Conference opponent, but. The three points will, will shoot us up or not if we don't win. Um, so we, we, we have to go for this one. And then a uh, quick turnaround. The boys are, are down in Orlando, and John will be there to see them. Uh, I was super excited for him to, to be cheering on. I, I heard there's a seven or eight uh, uh, people who have bought tickets for that one. Uh, so hopefully we'll have a good away atmosphere, and we can get three points there too. Those, those are uh, a little bit more important uh, you know uh, not necessarily a six-point game but it, it, it could be yeah and you know the schedules are weird this year we've only got the two west coast games and we had the debacle against san jose uh early in the season and now you're getting the the home leg of that minnesota's a team that's in sixth in the western conference they're sitting on like 37 points so they're in a very similar position to dc united they're going to come out looking for points uh there's only so many opportunities to get those points down the stretch here you're right it's not a, a six point situation where you're uh playing against another team that you're vying with in your table but it's it's going to be a tough game and you know it's going to really give dc a chance to 
measure themselves against what the West is doing and get ready for what's coming down the stretch. Yeah, there's been there's been a lot of chat uh, on you know on on social platforms about uh, the Eastern Conference getting cocky now that they don't really have to play the Western Conference. I, I think it's all nonsense. I think it's always been nonsense, but uh, there there will always be that riff, and, and it will be good. And hopefully, DC United does play a Western Conference team, but it, it will not happen unless they make it to the MLS MLS Cup at the end of the year. So let's grab this. Hopefully, not last one against the Western Conference, and then and then take care of business in Orlando. Uh, yeah, and I hope they get this schedule straightened out you know, moving forward. Miss them. Yeah. In a few years, when we've got the uh, the crossover Liga MX tournament thing, it could be that you're playing as many Mexican teams as you are Western Conference teams, which and during the course of a season with all the different competitions involved, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm an old school guy when it comes to loving to see every team play every other team at least once but uh you know the realities of what it is it is but uh, I, i'm there with you if there's a lot of that's the that's the time for we we almost need like a, a break show to, to break down all those updates but yes that uh, i i think it'll be a sad thing if if we if we don't get away days in portland or you know seattle or or we don't get the host galaxy at at, at dc anymore it, now I'll be a little bit sad about it, but you can only play the team in front of you, and, and hopefully they figure it out. Because yeah, uh, I will miss those things for sure. Uh, kind of hit hit on what's up next for DC United. So let's take take a look around the the district. Uh, the Spirit are allegedly playing today at, at five against uh, KC. Uh, they have been forfeiting. They've been a lot of they made ESPN for their their ownership drama and i'm not even saying supporter drama because uh, i stand on the side with those guys it's, it's been ridiculous right now if, if you're still hanging on and watching uh props to you the, the spirit squadron will not be making any noise tonight though um but if you follow along with the spirit uh, keep rooting for the players i guess that's that's all i have to say about that <laughs> yeah i you know to be honest i don't have uh the depth of spirit knowledge that I know that you and Sam do, but, you know, obviously tracking the situations there and, you know, it, it is a, it is a mess. So well, let's hope that the players can, you know, figure out a way to get through it. And uh, hopefully they can make some improvements uh, and not even feel the product on the field talking about, you know, from the way the organization is, is conducted. It's a, uh, it's a problem right now. Yeah. Speaking of, of, of messes and, and products on the field, Loudon were thrashed 6-1 by Miami. Uh, not a great look. They, they're they bottom of the league, and they have been for a while. Uh, there's There's been a lot of talk. It's almost consensus now that they probably are not at their depth in that league, and, and the two teams probably need to take a, a jump down to League One. But they're still aspirational these united players so so follow along with Loudon. uh it's cool to see those guys kevin paredes and and donnie pines there's pictures of them in the Loudon gear and i'm sure some of our listeners made it out there to see them in, in the in the pipeline per se and so yes yeah, it's still rooting for them unfortunately the results in the field are are, are not great there yeah yeah it's a tough situation like you said they're on 11 points i think three wins on the year. Uh, they are dead bottom, not only of their 
a division, but the entire league uh, and routinely have score lines like you see yesterday, the 6-1. I, I think we disagree a little bit about the value of having that, that second team there, but there is a, a point where you start wondering if you might not be better off having them play perhaps a, a league down where uh, you can get some more productive things going because even if you are getting minutes for guys who you expect to see on the senior team eventually, if that's week in, week out, four, four oh five one uh drubbings, it's not getting the kind of uh, quality minutes that you'd like to see. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's tough. And, and hopefully those guys are, are yeah, are, are streamlined and able to train with the team. I, I think there's probably value there. But, yeah, not, not a lot of value on the pitch. Uh, if, especially the entertainment value is, is, is kind of lacking for Loudon fans. But that's kind of our look around the, around the district. Uh, it was a fun 4-2 win. And the, the two goals kind of hurt. But D.C. United came out pounding and, and scored quick and fast in a hurry. Uh, it looked good. There, like we said, uh, playoff push coming up. Uh, Black, you got anything else for the people? I will I mention, you know, I mentioned it earlier. Bill had some very big saves in the, the second half. Uh, and especially in a situation where, you know, if they got one, it just starts going on. There were enough big saves where I don't really know how Bill kept it out of the net, but he did. Uh and at the end of the game, it could have been 4-4 had Bill not uh, come up big there. So, you know, credit to him and uh, questions on the defense for letting opportunities like that come up. But uh, it's always nice to have Bill back there. And again, you know, the team was up 3-0 at half and uh, held on for the win. So it's hard to be too angry about that. Yeah, I, I th- I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, Bill definitely deserves a shout. Yeah, he... He had at least two that I can think of that, that were pretty miraculous, and the crowd gets in and, and starts you know changing his name. Fully deserved. Uh, so, Bill, if you're listening in the 44th minute of this podcast, shouts to you, man. We, we're so glad to have you back. And it's good to have the goalkeeper position settled and solid for, for this last, last little stretch. Sure. All right, but speaking of last stretch, I, I think we're about done for the day. List, continue to listen uh, in the podcast version. I'll, I'll have the, the presser for you guys. Uh, but in the meantime, this has been Tried and True, the DCNI postgame podcast presented by Heineken.